You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. There are certain monsters and cryptozoological creatures that for obvious reasons, and by all accounts, attempt to remain far removed from society. Lurking in the dense brush of the Australian Grampian Mountains, or something swimming in the great depths of our world's oceans, seas, and lakes. Yet, there are others that straddle a much finer line between folklore and flesh and blood seemingly gravitating towards human activity. Like one such creature, the Dogman, that has stalked the towering woods of northern Michigan and its residents for decades. A beast that has possible ties to monsters of ancient lore, Dogmen, werewolf-like beings that are both canine and human. Their sightings are notorious, and their howling human-like screams are still heard to this day, across North America and beyond. Join us on Into the Portal for part one in a multi-part series looking at the strange and unexplained phenomena of dogmen. Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we are back talking about Dogman. Yeah. Very cool. Freaky creatures. I love it. Thank you for your patience, everybody. Oh, yeah. Took us an extra sec to get back on the mic here for this um, this week's episode, I guess you might say. Yeah. It's we taken uh, three weeks. Weekend. but Yeah, we did. We well, actually took our engagement photos this we did. weekend. So. Yeah. And we had a burlesque show on Friday. We had a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't seen that, hop on uh, the ITP stories on Instagram and check out... Uh, if it's still there. I think it's probably gone oh, by now. Oh, we didn't save it? That's okay. We can repost it. We have a video. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been super busy, but... We do have a really fun multi-part series for you guys, Mm -hmm. which is the first of its kind since, I think, Strange Sasquatch Encounters was our last multi-part series. Yep. Cool. Anyway, so we probably have housekeeping, but I didn't add it in. So don't worry about it, folks. Check out our website, intotheportal.com, and you can just figure out the housekeeping for yourself. (laughs) Go check out the updates on there and see what's going on. But (laughs) I just want to jump right into this. Let's do it. So today we're talking about, well, a few different things, but in broad strokes, the Michigan Dogman and Dogmen in general. Mm-hmm. The idea and the prospect of the Dogman of North America, if you will, because this is a phenomena that stretches across many different states and borders, even even uh, up into Canada as well on the East Coast. As far as Alaska, I was it, seeing yeah, encounters. Which is pretty wild. But what we're going to do for this episode is essentially start off with one of the most famous dog-headed bipedal monstrosities, and that is the <laughs> Michigan Dogman. And what we're going to do is basically kick things off with this creature and then expand from there into some other kind of strange cracks and crevices of this phenomenon, essentially. All sorts of weird history. We're getting ancient, but that's for part two. Right. So to kick things off, we have the general description, even though there's definitely differences depending on where you're looking and where you go. And as we go into the ancient past, we're getting very, very muddied in terms of what these things could have been and are today. But the Michigan... Dogman, this creature, generally described in a few different ways over the years, but typically looking at a cryptozoological phenomena here. This isn't like, you know, the chupacabra or anything like that. Cryptozoological phenomena, um, well, unless you're of the mind that that is pure cryptozoology, but (laughs) if you listen to that episode, it's a little UFO, it's a little bit of uh, many things. So go back and check that out if you haven't. Mm -hmm. But the dogman seems to be purely cryptozoological, described as averaging a massive seven feet tall, sometimes larger Blue-eyed in some accounts, red-eyed in others, amber-eyed if you want to get sort of halfway in between. Mm-hmm. It's bipedal, like I said before, obviously canine-like with massive, like, the teeth to show that. 
which is the, the dead the snout giveaway. Too. The snout, the hair. But with the torso of a man, that's usually quite muscular. And automatically people are going to go to the classic sort of werewolf image yep. in their head, I think, right? With like the chiseled abs, essentially. <laughs> and that is some of the descriptions we get. Buh. So like, yeah, much like a werewolf, much like a, a loop guru. Standing upright, yeah. Very, bipedal exactly. characteristic. Yeah. And this is the part where, I get, you know, this is the stuff that we love. The beast is said to have, you know, an absolutely terrifying howl. That to some witnesses sounds a little bit like a human scream, but emanating from a non-human entity. Mm-hmm. This idea of the abject in it's, that, right? Exactly. It's so guttural and so raw and so foreboding. It's like it couldn't be human. Right. But it's just like, it's like, it's like a next level intensity or something. And it's certainly not a wolf in distress or exactly. something like that. That could You could easily chalk it up to that, right? A canine mm-hmm. creature in some other situation. Yeah. But according to some legends, the Michigan Dogman appears in a 10-year cycle. And this is attached to another story that we'll get into, obviously. And this 10-year cycle falls on years ending in seven, just to make it the perfect urban legend, right? <laughs> but what's interesting about this is like the, the, the sightings and stories, you know, they stretch beyond Michigan. And we'll talk a little bit about that in part two. But a lot of the times these creatures, these beasts have not necessarily been connected to any claims of violence or death or the attacks you might associate with werewolf or loop guru activity. They seem to be more like scavengers, if anything else, in a lot of the sightings. But there was sort of one epicenter of all of this, a mass mania of the dogman, if you will. That kind of kicked things off, even though there were stories that would come out of the woodwork that were from way before this story, mm-hmm. which is what makes this this entire case, this entire phenomenon pretty interesting. It, it's, it straddles that line so perfectly, right? There was kind of the, the radio song that started it all, if you will. <laughs> At least in modern times. <laughs> in modern times, that's right. And so... And by modern, we mean the 1980s. <laughs> yeah. I, fairly modern, fairly. I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, you yeah, we'll contextualize that <laughs> a little bit more. 1987. I guess that's almost even the 90s. Almost. There you go. From a lot of people, though, this is where, you know, the real story of the dogman begins. So, or their, is, or their consciousness of yeah, it begins. Exactly. Exactly. And this is what, why people believe this is the classic Joe Nickel thing where it'll be, you know, this is the epicenter that people gravitate to. And this is why people make up stories, right? Because they're inspired by this. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this collective consciousness urban legend phenomena. But exactly. maybe not. So in, I guess, Traverse City, Michigan... Is that how you pronounce that? Sounds about right. Hey, 1987, this, uh, this guy who ended up becoming famous, Steve Cook, a radio producer, he wrote and recorded a song called uh, The Legend. The Legend. And in this song, he basically... <laughs> Just before you get into it, though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've so... heard this guy referred to in many ways. Disc Jockey was probably my favorite, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. A Disc classic. Jockey. <laughs> what an old school reference. Hey, nobody uses yeah. that anymore. Nope. I like it, though. We don't use discs. The DJ. Where's the floppy disc? We still say DJ, though. But what that's what DJ that stands for, though? Disc jockey. Oh, yeah. I'm dumb. Wow. But I know, but we don't say it out loud. We don't say the full thing. You never hear that. No. Anyway, we like bring it back. Though. Beastie Boys style or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, this guy, Steve Cook, he recorded this song, The Legend. And in this song, he basically sings a tale of the dog man, right? This massive, upright canine human. He talks about canine human hybrids that will appear every 10 years to, you know, essentially terrorize and stalk the residents of northern Michigan. And of course, you know, they have, they, they have to have some sort of supernatural origins. And that was the whole point of this song. And it, it talks about things like lumberjacks uh, chasing what they thought was a giant dog only to have it stand upright and scare them off. You know, horses found dead uh, from fright uh, with dog tracks nearby and all kinds of freaky stuff. It's basically like a Halloween song, if mm-hmm. you will. I think it came out around Halloween. It was October something. I believe so. There was another part of the song that was really funny. It talked about uh, a group of hippies in a van being confront- confronted by a grinning dog face at the window. And of course, you guys can go <laughs> listen to this on YouTube and we highly recommend it. It's a pretty funny, funny little listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, canine monsters stalking the woods at night are, of course, very common. And so this is why people would, a lot of people would latch on in a, in a way that wasn't real, probably, right? But this is like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, we've said it already, Luke grew werewolf, many, many things in different folktales. But Cook chose to make his creature ju- a dog, specifically. So, like, not a traditional werewolf, per se. 
he, he wanted to keep it a little bit more original and a little bit more freaky, I guess, but he didn't talk about it being malevolent. There was no deaths in his song per se, right? Just, like, just things being scared Just things to being death. scared other than the horse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like things being, yeah, scared to death. I guess that's a turn of phrase, right? Yeah. Literally scared to death, maybe not. But yeah, so it, it's, yeah, just, just frightening people. He played the song as an April, well, so April. April oh, it wasn't. That's I knew, what it was. I knew, I knew it was something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought it was, yeah, October. You're right. Yeah, April Fool's Day. And uh, yeah, so this went out on the uh, WTCM uh, radio broadcast network. He told the, uh, the Detroit Free Press something much, much different later, though, in 2011, right? This, so this is the quote. We pulled this from Skeptoid. Uh, I made it up completely from my own imaginations as an April Fool's prank for the radio uh, and stumbled my way to a legend that goes back way uh, into Native American times. Hmm. Yeah, he definitely, it was one of those things. It's like the chicken and the egg. It's like, did the song spawn all of these sightings that were um, after the song aired? He had waves and waves, massive amounts of people calling in with their own accounts, their own reports, their own sightings. It kind of blew up from there. And that's why this song is so uh, pivotal to the story of the dogman, at least in modern times, right. because of the fact that obviously people were listening to the radio all the time back then. They still do. <laughs> Some people <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting is the way to go, people. <laughs> but even so, like it just launched this concept of a dogman into the collective conscious of North Americans, Michiganers, Michiganers, how do you, <laughs> Michiganites. I don't know, I don't something know. like that. I um, guess, in the, and then in the other, and then the other side of that too would be that people who had an experience might have felt like, oh, dang, I can talk about this now because this is now in the collective consciousness. Well, exactly. I'm not saying that all these sightings started happening right as soon as he the song no. launched, but yeah, people no. just started to be like, hey, this is actually something, and I can share my story. And right. that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Totally. And this guy, Steve Cook, definitely has some other connections to this story. There's a very infamous film that he is responsible for um, perpetrating. But before we get into that, um, like he alluded to in that last quote that you said, he stumbled his way into a legend that goes all the way back to Native American times. I love how he, he says that as if it's like a time's past, as if these people don't exist right now, because they certainly do. <laughs> no, in a, but, but in a I different way, obviously, yeah. right? Just the history, the, the pre-settler history is kind of what he's right. alluding to. Yes. And that's where we're getting into... questionable origins of the dog man. I'm not going to say this is the hard and true origins, but we had an interesting little nugget that came from the Michigan History Center. One of their uh, officials, Rachel Clark, she actually, um, she painted a much longer picture of this phenomena specific to Michigan. Her story actually goes back to 1887. And this was when and this is in the museum too. It's a it's a history center, so it's yeah. like this is recorded. This is like not something that's just like floating around in like the creepy pastas of the internet. And we've got some listeners in Michigan, so if you guys are in the area or if you've ever been to this, yeah, like send us some pictures or something. Oh, totally, that'd be awesome. that'd be cool. So, anyways, yeah, 19, or 19, 1887 specifically, there was a story of two lumberjacks who witnessed a creature they described as having a man's body with a dog's head. Mm. According to this legend. Okay. Okay. So this is where, yeah, michiganradio.org, they're saying, this is a direct quote for him. According to legend, the dog man appears in human, two humans in a 10 year cycle. So again, we're getting that same reiteration mm-hmm. of the number seven. Mm-hmm. I'm, my question is, did that just come from the song? Did he just put that in there? And that's just, that, that feels like it would be a lyric in a song. I don't know if it has any real weight to what we're going to be talking about because these sightings are really sporadic. Yeah. And if you go a, online yeah. and you look at like even like dogmanencounters.com, um, and various other websites, like it's it's all over the place, and I don't think we can. That's just a stupid folkloric element that was just added in as like an extra, just to kind of give it a more supernatural element. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the werewolf, right? Like you say, he went for more of like a dog like description. That reminds me of like a werewolf like cycle. You know what I mean? Moons, years. Yeah, no, for sure, it definitely seven. Does. Anyways, I wonder how much research he actually did, or if it was more of a subconscious thing, and just like the. Because obviously if you dig and if you try to find connections where there might not be connections, and it's funny actually, this reminds me of what Scott uh, was saying on Astonishing Legends the other day where like his he does this all the time where he like makes these connections sometimes even mm. if they're not there. And I feel like I'm very much like that too. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you and s- this is a case where, the, where it could kind of be like that. And there's so much information just in the world generally, right? It's even It's almost hard not to do that. Right. To a certain yeah. degree. No, for sure. 
But going back to the whole uh, Michigan History Center, they have uh, documentation that is very intimately connected with the logging industry. It's very predominant in the early um, the early settler history of Michigan, the 1800s specifically. And a lot of these original reports came from logging camps. Right, of course. Yeah. Obviously, Michigan was a, a leading producer of white pine lumber. In that sweet, nation. sweet white pine. Mm-hmm. But again, right, we do get references to people literally being scared to death. Kind of like the song. Scared to death. But <laughs> these things aren't vicious. They're not attacking people per se. I've seen many, many things that kind of allude to more of like a scavenger-like behavior where they're um, picking apart like roadkill, things like that. To me, what's interesting about the, the prospect of being scared to death too is like, what type of creature would it take for that to happen? Like if you <laughs> see just a giant monstrosity, that's like, you know what I mean? Like even if you run into just a grizzly bear, you're going to run away. Like I guess some people might be scared to death, quote unquote, I'm air quoting here. You'd have to be like predisposed to have some sort of like heart condition or... Possibly, but I guess what I'm too getting... too much Carl's Jr. <laughs> possibly. What I'm getting... It didn't, yeah, they didn't have that yet. Mm. <laughs> what, what I'm getting at, I guess, is that it, it, it strikes me as being something that is just extremely like abject. It's like Sasquatch mm. where it's like you see yourself in it, but Sasquatch is so like ethereal and like non-threatening in a lot of ways. Most, I mean, Actually, we talked about a lot of violent attacks that's before. That's true. That's true. But this thing seems to be that element, but even more, but like rampant, ramped, ramped up. up the terror. Like it's, it looks more, looks more aggressive, mm-hmm. but it looks like you. Human, yeah. Human-like. It's the I, classic Frankenstein thing. I it's the most freaky thing die. we can run into. I would probably die if I saw that thing. <laughs> Something that's like us, but I, that is not I us. would not. Anyways, yeah. Okay. So so this was kind of interesting. But, of course, there's a much longer history of the dogmen in uh, Native American, Indigenous folklore and legends and mm-hmm. history. And that's something that we are going to get into much further. That's going to be for our part two when we start diving into more ancient examples in North America and beyond. Yes. So hang tight for that one. This is fun, though, in that same little bit there is talking about how <laughs> this is really, really recent because it's talking about OnStar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Apparently yeah. someone reported to their OnStar that a dog man ran in front of the car, causing it to flip. <laughs> Holy moly. I know. That's a convenient uh, um, explanation for your uh, car accident. <laughs> it's one of those ones, again. It makes you like, wonder, it's though. It's so ridiculous. Why would someone use that as an excuse? Right. Unless it's like the the, the triple you know, the triple effect where it's like, I'm going to come up with something so ridiculous so that they actually, no, I'm losing my train of thought here now. No, that doesn't make any sense. It's, it's the, it's so ridiculous that how would you have come up with that? Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it's, so it's semi-believable. It's, it's so unbelievable that it is believable. I guess you just have to look at the person. It reminds me of like the Las Brujas de Mexico with like the, yeah. the police officer that crashed his car. Yeah. I saw some witches. Well, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's no way to verify that. So, um, did you have your dash cam on? <laughs> hmm. No? Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, there's, more, there's some videos. There is a video. Very and much like the I already man. alluded to it and in connection to the Steve Cook character that we mentioned off the bat, uh, the disc jockey. <laughs> the DJ. <laughs> and he is responsible for bringing to light something known as the Gable film. This Gable film allegedly originated from the 1970s and just a, it actually became viral li- much later on. So we're talking right. 2007. Needed YouTube. Waiting around for YouTube. To I go guess so. To, well, I mean, I guess that's, yeah. The, Makes required sense. Required to go viral, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Video. And this was in the, the Dogman would resurge in the minds of Americans again. And the footage is interesting, to say the least. You can go look at it. We'll, we'll include it in our show notes, too, just, just for a quick reference. But it may, mostly, mainly and mostly, sorry, I can't talk to it. Let's just quickly describe it, though, too. Like, That's I, what I'm go, talking about. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay, go I was going to say, mostly consists of a few minutes of very grainy footage. And this is of, like, leisure activities. So, like, um, snowmobiling, chopping wood. Right. Um, all shot by this guy, Micah Grusa, supposedly. And this was during a vacation he took in Michigan in the 1970s. No exact date that I could find, uh, but 70s. And it culminates in a few seconds of what appears to be a very bizarre, upright, almost slightly gorilla-like in my mind, but hairy. Broad-shouldered. Broad-shouldered. More of a muzzle. Like, it's not a flat face, from what I could tell, even though it is very brief. And it starts to charge at the man before he runs away. And then the footage gets all crazy and cut mm-hmm. off. And that's mm-hmm. the end of it. And yeah. uh, this was very highly contentious. Supposedly, this Steve Cook, he found it at an estate sale and gained 
you know, gained ownership of it. It was like an eight millimeter film. It's very grainy. A lot of people have dissected this one and it's That's very nice. controversial. Yeah. It's very, very it's, controversial. It's, yeah, I mean, mo- yeah. most people, I think, would would say that it's a hoax yep. of sorts. I would probably lean that way, too. Right. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus for the most part. Interestingly, though, Monster Quest actually featured this film. It was oh. the centerpiece of their investigation in one of their final episode. It was season four. America's Wolfman was the name of the episode. Right, right. Yeah. And I don't know if we've seen this one. I can't recall. I don't think it was available on YouTube. It's not like available we, in Canada on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, exactly. We, we didn't have access. But if anyone in America has access, huh, go ahead and well, watch it. Well, I feel it. like we watched it way back in the day when it was available. And, and, and ah, it sounds so familiar, right? But It kind of does. We've seen so many of them. But this, interestingly enough, <laughs> again, like we alluded to, a lot of people think it's a hoax created by this guy, Steve Cook. And again, right? He's got a movie. Mm-hmm. He's got a radio song. April Fool's jokes. Like, it just doesn't seem like a very credible Yeah, <laughs> I guess. To but a I- certain degree. But at the same time, if you want to go flip the switch a little bit and be like, okay, well, maybe he did innocently come up with this as an April Fool's joke. He started to, it's almost like, what's his name? John Keel, where you just get sucked into the story. Yeah. You and then you become a part more. of it, right? Because you're... You are on the radio, ergo, you're going to have people calling into you. You're kind of a public figure. And then from there, I'm not sure. He doesn't actually go into it. He just says that he found the film in an estate sale in the lower peninsula of Michigan. So he's not very uh, specific on how or why he came across it. So that, again, kind of points to a little bit of fishy business. But yeah, what do you think of that? Well, there's a couple things I think about the video itself. As a hoax, it's definitely a, a, re- it's a relatively good one, especially like when it first came out, I guess. And if you if you believe it's a hoax, and a lot of people do, mm-hmm. but you know, it's uh, it's the classic, yeah, grainy, like you said, grainy shot, and it's obviously winter time, like snow, like you said, snowmobiling, like this creature is lumbering through the snow, and it does amble like a gorilla would, rather than, I mean. <laughs> what do I have to compare to, right? I'm going to say rather than a bipedal canine monstrous creature, like, I don't know, but it does, it it does (laughs) appear almost like to be more Sasquatch like. And it's like, if that's the case, like we're talking hominid, we're talking, you know, primate anatomy. And if we're to believe that these creatures are some sort of canine like beast, it's going to, you'd think like anatomically it's going to move differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't, so in that sense, the video is very strange. And then on the flip side too, if we believe that, if or if, if you believe that Steve Cook created the video or he's behind it and that he didn't find it at an estate sale and it's a total hoax, fabrication, it seems kind of odd that, I mean, again, it's like why, why have uh, the sort of like very obvious April Fool's Day song on the radio, but then at the same time go to this elaborate effort to have like a pretty convincing, like at the time, video that's, yeah, like the classic Sasquatch videos we see. Like, it, why why go to those two extreme opposites mm-hmm. in your in your association with this dogman creature? It just seems kind of counterintuitive. A little bit, yeah. You're just muddying the waters, kind of. Like, it could go either way for you or for the whole story. That's in just general. my opinion. It just seems kind of odd. When I, my first impression when I saw this footage was that this thing's a gorilla. <laughs> like, it looks it, like it that. doesn't get up. It's on all fours the whole time. It has huge shoulders. It looks like a silverback gorilla. And the way that it's hind legs, like it definitely, like I'm looking at it right now. Like I'm right. literally watching it. And yeah. it and it, you see it crouched. You see it crouched and you see ears that look almost like lynx ears coming out. Yes. So that's a difference from like a Sasquatch. That's more dog-like, obviously. And he's, yeah. he's literally like, like on all fours, broad shouldered square to the camera. And then just starts running on all fours. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very bizarre. Like, it, it, it's huge. It's massive. Yeah. It could... I'm just looking at it again now. Like, it, it, it starts slow, and then it starts to charge. Right. And then it's it kind of it does move like how an animal would move. But it is oh, it tough does. to see because it's so grainy whether there could be someone crouching. Like, you know what I mean? Like, someone on all fours kind of thing. Yeah. The, the, I guess, like, because then it cuts out, right? Like there's nothing. Yeah, it just goes blurry. And, because then it's like, okay, how did that situation end? Obviously the tape made it back or someone like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there wouldn't, there wasn't like an investigation into missing people and you find the tape like yeah. Blair Witch style. It was an estate sale. It was just part of someone's belongings once they right. passed. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, presumably whoever shot that footage made it out alive. 
which makes it seem like that encounter mm-hmm. was a little bit, again, odd, because if something like that is charging at you like that, unless it's literally just trying to spook you away, which seems to be the modus operandi of this thing. Charge at you, snarl at you, come two feet away from your face, and then and scream and wail in this sort of half-human, half-monster sound, and then disappear, I guess, yeah. potentially. It's very... It could go either way, which is why we love bringing this stuff up because it is very controversial. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's get into a few more encounters here, I guess, just to let's try do to it. try to I don't even know try to figure this thing out. There was a lot to pull from. I I grabbed three that I thought were interesting. The first one we're going to get into is more of just the audio of 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 encountering the sounds of this creature. Pure strangeness, blood curdling, inhuman shrieks and howls is what we're dealing with here. So just try to picture that in your head, in your mind for a second. Yeah, we pulled a lot of this from uh, dogmantencounters.com. There's a website and then there's a radio show that's done, like you said earlier, a really good job of cataloging a lot of these. And there's literally hundreds, hundreds of sightings and encounters, very much like Sasquatch. Another important thing to note is like this guy that runs the Dogman Encounters website and radio show, he is like actually more so of like a, a crypto therapist for people. They call in. A lot of people don't share their stories on the air. He he says like usually like one out of 20 will actually go on air to to talk. All the rest of it, he's literally just talking them through their experience and trying to like get them back to being like the world is okay. Because <laughs> it's very um, yeah. unsettling. That's traumatizing mm-hmm. for the people. And even if it's not what they think it is, it's traumatizing nonetheless. And that's the thing about a lot of these monster cases. That's kind of, uh, yeah, we forget about a lot of the time. We're just trying, we're having fun with it, but especially for abductions and things like that. But for these people too, it's, it's not fun. Okay. 1975. These people weren't having a very good time. I would have been pretty freaked out. So this is uh, Manistee County, Manistee County, Michigan. Hmm. Probably mispronounced that, but anyway, do we have a description of who this was exactly? We can pull that up. It seems to be no, this was just, um, it was a, a wife and her, I didn't pull the name just cause it was, I think it was just a single name, That's first okay. name, but it's fine. Like it's just a 1970s. Um, they were in their home. I think it was a mobile home at the time right. and it was her and her husband. So again, more than a decade, obviously before the infamous uh, radio release. And this is how, this is how the story goes. So we were just starting to relax and get sleepy when out of nowhere, there was a horrible, loud howl, yell, something of that nature. I mean, it was so loud, it made my chest vibrate and my ears hurt. The sound was not human, but had a guttural human-like quality to it, mixed with with what sounded like a wolf. We were living in a mobile home at the time, and it howled just outside our back door, in the hallway near our bedroom. We jumped out of bed, looked at each other, and both said at the same time, what the hell was that? My husband was 10 years older than I was, and, and, I was an, and, I, and he was an avid hunter. He wasn't the kind of guy to scare easily, but his face drained of color. My sister came running down the hallway, white as a ghost, and said, what was that? I told her I didn't know. My husband said he was getting his rifle and grabbed it out of the closet. He opened up the back door and yelled into the wind, you better get the hell out of here or I will blow your head off. He listened a moment before I yelled at him to please shut the door. He did, and we never heard any more after that. Needless to say, we stayed up all night afraid to go to sleep. I have never forgotten that howl. There is no way it was a dog or a coyote. I have heard both of them howl before. It wasn't a guy joking around either. It was so loud, there is no way a human could have made that sound. Well, that's freaky, man. Living in a mobile home, too. Like, I wouldn't feel very safe. No. Um, yeah. So that was, I liked that one because it was literally just the sound. And for me, that is a huge aspect to this, to this monster, this creature, whatever you want to call it. My question though is like, why, why was it there? Why did it make that sound? What was going on? Yeah. Because it's not, is it a full moon? (laughs) Well, there you go. Treading in werewolf territory, which is a, which is a a subject that we are going to discuss in part two. But yeah, it's, it's, again, it's not, it's not the, the Sasquatch throwing rocks at the side of a trailer or banging on the side or anything like that. Again, it's just the shriek. It's just something trying to scare it away, but it's not as if these people are out camping in the woods. It's like a territorial thing. Mm -hmm. This is, this is like a, 
it's approached then rather than vice versa, Mm -hmm. which makes it seem as if it kind of matches up with the idea of a cycle. Why is this thing there? It's going out of its way rather than the other way around where people are camping in the woods and all of a Mm -hmm. sudden they run into something very strange or Albert Osman gets kidnapped by Sasquatch or whatever it may be. Yeah, I hear you. I keep going back to Sasquatch because that is just a very similar comparison to me. We're dealing with a bipedal, hairy, unknown creature here. Yeah. Mammal. Yeah. Physiologically in that sense, definitely very similar, but again, Hmm. different. Freakier. (laughs) This one, I like this next one here. This actually was a lot more recent. So the first one was from the 1970s. This one's actually from 2009. And it happened just before midnight. It was uh, 11.45 p.m. at Saginaw County, Michigan. And this was from someone um, who, again, was alone at the time. And they were entering their home. Hmm. Hmm. So not like they were going out provoking anything or looking for anything. Really the other way around. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But in the presence of nature, right? We got woods nearby. Very similar, I'm imagining, to the last one, the 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 mobile home one. for sure. So this is the quote here. I was arriving home to my apartment at 11.45 p.m. when I felt a presence by the wood line. I saw something looking at me, and then finally I saw these two eyes. It seemed like it was stalking me. (laughs) I could only see eyes and the shape of its head. I couldn't see its body, but instantly I felt fear and went inside my apartment. When I went inside, I started looking through the blinds just a little bit. I didn't want to move the blinds that much because I knew he knew where I was. And so I didn't want to move the blinds. Then I saw it heading my way. This beast looked like a bodybuilder with a wolf or dog-like head. Because of its silhouette, this thing must have been at least seven to eight feet tall. It stopped just for a second right in front of my window, and then it left. I've never felt fear for my life like I did that night. I guess that's it, Vic. I hope to hear from you, sir. <laughs> that's the name of the, the radio host, Vic. Right. Yeah, he does a really good job, and he's very supportive and very uh, um, sympathetic to the people that reach out to him. Yeah. And so that's why you get all these things. Like, even if they are just tiny little snippets of stories, like, they they all kind of come together and form this collective picture of what this thing could potentially be, or things, uh, because I don't think we're dealing with just one thing. No, of course it's not. not. Like, it's not like a... Um, oh my gosh, what Mothman or something like that. You know what I mean? No, or, no, mm-hmm. no, not at all. Or, or Ogopogo or Champ or whatever, like the mm-hmm. one-offs. Yeah. Unless you believe there's multiples. I always keep dabbling into other episodes here. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. There's, there's presumably many of these things. So that's interesting. Like, let's talk about the, the behavior of this thing, because it seemed as if perhaps it was just kind of in the area and then because it was so late at night they just happened to see this person entering their home and was like just curious and then comes up to the window like that's weird to me like it almost reminds me of like what's it called the strangers what was that movie where it's like the people just like creeping outside movie you nailed it there's an element to it like i said again going back to this idea of the abject the human-like shriek the you know the, the man like torso all this stuff it it almost, but it behaves again. I, I, I think the Sasquatch comparison is really good in this sense because it does behave so differently. It's not as if it's existing in its own world, right? It's, it's interested in things that it presumably shouldn't be. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a classic monster tropes in a way, like peering through the window. Why is it? It's, it's like Frankenstein. It's interested, right? It, it's, it's not killing people. It's interested in people, but then doesn't understand them. Mm-hmm. And clearly, we don't understand it. Well, I don't know. Obviously, there's some violent stuff that goes on as well. I'm slowly formulating a lot of ideas. I'm not really going to like fully illuminate them or flesh them out until we get to the end of this series. But for me, the idea of like, yeah, the uncanny, the idea of the other, of looking in Mm -hmm. to the human, to me kind of speaks to perhaps a shapeshifter. Someone that was once human is now an outsider, is, is looking, is longing for that again. Maybe that was a mournful howl. Maybe that was a transitory howl that we heard in the very first story that you read out, right? Where it's like the transition, the, the transformation or something. And that's that, that almost Hmm. like a, an agony or a pain. I don't know. I'm so going kind of werewolf. Of almost like a skinwalker. Exactly, yeah. And we're going to dive into more of like the North American indigenous um, lore and, and uh, history related to that too in part two. But it's kind of what is all of these are kind of reminding me of to a certain degree. Yeah. Because they're not there to cause harm. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not as if that's their modus operandi. Like, they're just there to get their next meal or something like that. You know, it, it seems just a little bit more ephemeral and just like a little bit more spiritual almost, perhaps. So far, anyway. So far. So far. This next one is effing creepy and kind of intense. <laughs> I liked this one a lot. This is, again, another um, late 2000. So we're talking 2009. Uh, Oceana County and another late night sighting. This occurred roughly between 1130 PM and 1230 AM. And it was kind of an unfortunate circumstance for this uh, person. She'll explain here. So I'll just do the quote. All right. So quote, my encounter happened in February of 2009. In November of 2008, I broke my arm and was basically stranded at home. I was unable to drive or work and was going stark raving mad with boredom. My best friend would drive the 35 miles north of Muskogan, oh my gosh, sorry, uh, to pick me up in Shelby, just to take me back to Muskogan for a visit at her home. She'd take me to dinner or to see a movie, only to deliver me home to Shelby after whichever activity. It was truly a selfless act of love. One night, she was driving me home. It was very light, well after 11 p.m., We were on US 31 northbound at around the Rothbury area of Oceana County on the expressway. Being February in Michigan, the roads were naturally snowy with scattered patches of ice and bare pavement. There was a small pickup truck in front of us about five car lengths ahead of her car when all of a sudden we saw something on two legs dart out from the left just in front of an overpass. It ran across the two-lane highway and hit the back of the small pickup in the rear quarter panel, causing the pickup to fishtail. Luckily, the driver of the small pickup regained control, but they didn't stop to see what collided with their truck. (laughs) If anything, it seemed to pick up speed and just to get the heck out of there. (laughs) My friend and I watched in utter astonishment as the creature finished running to the right and disappeared into the weeds and trees along the highway. It didn't even break stride after it hit the truck. (laughs) We looked at each other, sat in silence for a moment, and then I said, did you see dot, dot, dot? (laughs) She said, yeah, I saw it. Um, They finished the ride to her house in silence, both lost in thought. This was her description here. It looked like a giant dog or wolf. It was on its hind legs, not on all fours, and it was at least seven feet tall. It had pointed ears, a kind of mane around its neck, much like a lion's mane, dark in color, and its hind legs looked like a dog's, which were even more pronounced as it was running only on the hind legs. Its front legs were freely swinging as it ran, and it seemed to have its mouth slightly open. It had an elongated face, very much like a collie, and a long nose protruding from the face, so a snout. Right. Um, Its face was covered by longish hair. The entire creature seemed to be covered in long hair, but I can't recall if it had a tail. Something tells me it did, but I can't recall for certain, so I don't want to say it did when, in fact, I'm not sure. So she's very certain about all of this, except for the tail. And it says here, we thought perhaps it may have been one of the Michigan dogmen that are said to be in our area. Being a former Native American area, we have heard stories, but I've never met anyone with a firsthand encounter. It was always someone who knew someone who knew someone who saw something. But now, my best friend and I definitely saw it. We had a firsthand experience. Our encounter was brief and over in a matter of mere moments, but it was front and center of us, and we saw it clear as a bell. Damn. End quote. That's a great sighting. Yeah, that's intense, man. That thing almost like caused a truck to crash. And here are my thoughts on that. The, the the fact that it didn't break its stride, right, and smashed into this truck and just kept going. There's elements of two different paranormal creatures that we're going to end up discussing in part two, and you've already alluded to in this, mm-hmm. right? One, I'm automatically reminded of, for those of you who have, like, listened to the Astonishing Legends series on Skinwalker Ranch or read the book Hunt for the Skinwalker, you should definitely go check it out if you hadn't, but the wolf at the beginning. Yep. Unfazed. Totally unfazed, yeah. That reminds by, me By of the that. bullets, right? Exactly. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Exactly, right? So similar. Smashing into a truck, keeps going, doesn't break stride. Obviously, supernatural element to this. So there's maybe a potential association there. Mm-hmm. Then on the flip side of that, there's the werewolf angle. Like human that has changed and or something else similar, but more of the Western European origin in terms of folklore. And again, creatures that are like crazy strength and can, you know, 
do things well beyond human capability. So Mm -hmm. smashing into a truck and not breaking your stride would make sense. So we're dabbling in all kinds of elements of the paranormal potentially with this monster, with with these creatures. And calling it a monster, I guess, is a little bit mean. It is. Because so far. It's a negative connotation. It's a creature. So far. It's a creature. And and it's quite kind of funny that you, right off the bat, you're like, this is a strictly cryptozoological phenomenon. Because, like, as soon as you in said that, description. in my head, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't like, know. <laughs> in terms of the physical description is what we were talking okay. about. Right? It's yeah. not like the chupacabra with a proboscis. It's not like the... True, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like the the Jersey Devil with wings and hooves and things like that. Of course, it's strange, but mm-hmm. it's not to that extent yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was getting at there. But... That's a good segue because there's definitely different types of dogmen. And that's kind of how we're going to move into wrapping up part one is trying to, I don't know, give a little bit of context here before we talk about the loop guru, the werewolves, and the ancient dog-headed creatures of uh, of, of Greek history uh, and Cynephily or whatever it's always, I always mispronounce those. I don't have the word right in front of me, but yeah, Cynocephaly, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> We're going to get into all that. Cool. But in terms of modern dogmen, there's a few different few different types. And this definitely ties into more pure urban legend, de- depending yeah. on who you talk to. And uh, we've actually, now that we've read these stories, we actually have, like, the last story is very much with this straight canine, the one you're just going to get into now. Exactly. Just like the song. Yeah. A, a straight canine-like dogman. So, so unlike uh, the, the more werewolf type. So characterized by the fact that they have more canine-style legs instead of the hominid-style legs. So they, they are still seen in a bipedal nature, but would, more, would also be seen quadrupedal and chase, like, running like a dog might rather than, in the Gable film, an ambling gorilla-like motion mm-hmm. is what I'm picturing when I'm thinking of the canine-type dogman. Sorry, what? You're thinking it's ambling like a gorilla? No, 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 the, op- the opposite. Okay. Of, I'm, saying, I'm saying it's the opposite of the Gable film. I'm picturing it's still going to be bipedal right. potentially, but mm-hmm. it's going to move a little differently than that is what I'm picturing. It just reminds, yeah, like the way that I pictured in my head is like the classic werewolf where it has dog legs. Like it's literally dog hind legs. With the big long feet that make it yeah. so it can run really quickly. Yeah. And that's, and that's I guess in that sense, the lower half of the werewolf does tie into the straight canine type because it's said to have, uh, instead of human-like ankles, they have what appear to be the classic, you know, animalistic hawk, the hawk of a dog, right? Like just like Stella who's snoring over there in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys can hear that. So instead of knees, they have, you know, these, right, the, the classic dog-like joints, but not all of these canine dog men look the same. So according to some witnesses, these some of these canine type dog men have very disproportionately large heads. So like massive, massive heads, almost like the marked hominid, like necklace, just massive, huge dome sitting atop these broad shoulders, essentially. Whereas others have a more distinctly almost hyena-like appearance. So oh. that is kind of like the Gable film, the, the Another, hairy pointed ears and things he, like that. Yeah, another way you could maybe... Oh, for me, I'm kind of going the opposite where it's like um, the classic wolf shape head would be the first with like a disproportionately large head that's like very wolf-like. I guess, Versus yeah. like a very sh- stout, short hyena-like that would be more like, like you're starting the, the marked like hominid. Like the marked hominid mm-hmm. necklace. Okay. Because some of them, yeah, some of them kind of allude to the idea of a necklace thing too. Yeah. Where it's a real, or a really thick neck. And so then the others. Fur, you can't tell maybe, I don't know. Exactly. Or like the last story I just read where she was like, it definitely had like a mane around it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that is almost, again, <laughs> hearkening back. This is just the episode shout out episode here, but the Beast of Jevedon, mm-hmm. where it was sort of this strange lion-like mane but also hyena-like appearance as well. But again, that was not mm-hmm. a bipedal creature. That was just a straight monster of sorts. Yeah. But that's kind of a strange description. And uh, yeah, we, there's there's another type here, though. The type three. And this was from Dogman Encounters. He's very thorough with all of his information. And there, so, yeah, he starts off talking about the canine type, which is described as literally, like we said, an upright canine. So very similar physiology to your classic dog. Another type, however, is referred to commonly as type three. Again, like we've said, it is much more like a Sasquatch with a muzzle as opposed to having just the typical flat face. Right. So less gorilla-like, more dog-like. Eyewitnesses who have had these encounters with type threes um, do report seeing claws on the tips of fingers and toes instead of like, you know, your classic fingernails and toenails the way a Sasquatch would probably have. They also say that there's a lot of reports where 
what they see is, okay, so (laughs) this is kind of a weird phraseology here. They often report that the one they saw, so the dog man that they saw, was ambulating bipedally, which Mm -hmm. is obviously an unusual trait also. Mm -hmm. Ambulating bipedally. Yeah. What do you make of that? That almost, yeah, that is. hmm. (laughs) That's a strange phrase. I'm like, I'm just going to quickly Google the definition of. (laughs) That sounds like, yeah, more primate like. But again, this is this is such a strange creature. It, it if we if we are to say it is a dog oh, man. I think that's just a dumb way of saying walking around. Is it really? <laughs> so they're just sort of walking like in an odd kind of manner. Like I guess like a like a like a chimp would amble. Like it's kind of that's like so it's funny. It's the hundred meter mosey. It's, yeah, exactly. Than a walk. It's more like a casual mosey as opposed to like a, a dog that would be like you know like maybe a bit more labored. I would imagine. To, right. But. You know, mm. it's just, it's the classic, it's either the dog-like hindquarter or a more human-like hindquarter. It's pretty, pretty black and white. You know what I mean? It is. Mm-hmm. And then in that sense, I guess. <laughs> so again, right, we're alluding to the idea that these have the same joints as a human. Knees, ankles. For the most part. The type, that type yeah. of thing. <laughs> hmm, that type of thing. That type of thing. Just picturing these things strut down the runway. Doing the I'm just picturing the, the, what was the classic, uh, the big pendulous breast, uh, Sasquatch footage. Patty. Yeah, the Patterson Gimlin film. Patty Gimlin. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad we don't have a video like that. I mean, the, uh, the uh, what's the, oh, the Gimlin? I almost said the Gable. <laughs> I'm not going to associate Bob Gimlin with this movie, too. Sorry, Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you had your 15 minutes there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. In that sense, it is very similar, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. it's got the color. It's a very similar looking video. It, um, the, so, the, um, the Patterson Gimlin is obviously way longer more detailed yeah more detailed, detailed longer this like to be honest when i look at that gable film i'm kind of reminded of spliced footage of yeah definitely someone having vacation leisure whatever snowmobiling mm. their dogs jumping around all that stuff and then spliced into that literally just a shot from like a nature because <laughs> it looks like a gorilla like it really Actually, does that makes sense it easily could be something like that it really could have from the seventies, like and if there in, like, is a... no context, that's the interesting thing though too, because it's like if that's the case, and mm-hmm. it was another clip from a family vacation, and this is like at a zoo yeah. or something like that, or on a s- African safari or something or whatever. Who's just dis- yeah? Who's dis- it is real then? Like exactly. the footage is real. So if he did actually find it at an estate sale, if right, like if you believe that mm-hmm. side of the story, that changes things a little bit. The only thing that you have to consider too is the surroundings. Like I'm just gonna look back here because it's, it's very not similar. Because it's snowing. It's but like, you know it's what I mean? snowing. Like it could be some. Other, it's kind of the mean, sparse though? trees. It's the same forest-like setting as the other shots that he took of him snowmobiling and all that stuff too. Yeah, so true. again, but you could because like I'm, I'm curious. Like if this has any sort of weight, if this guy Steve Cook did not fabricate this and he actually did find it, like he claims, mm-hmm. I'm curious as to whether there was an accompanying description or any sort of way to contextualize. Because if it is an estate sale, then it's definitely just, you know, it's just you stuff think it, it getting passed on. Why would you buy just some random unmarked home videotape at an estate sale unless it's all very, you what it was? It's suspicious. It is all very suspicious, but it is super interesting. And mm. it does give us at least a nugget to kind of go off of a little bit. Just a little, a little bit. bit. And, a little bit. And I feel like we've got a lot of threads here that we we need to uh, expand on. Develop. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And it's been really fun. Yeah. What are, what are your kind of like thought, not wrap up thoughts because we're just getting started, mm-hmm. but like as far as where mm-hmm. this episode, like part two, where are we going for part two? Yeah. I mean, we definitely are going to elaborate more on this Michigan dog man for sure and try to contextualize with, like we said off the top of the show, going into the ancient past because this is a phenomenon that's been going on literally for thousands of years, potentially much longer than that in Mm -hmm. recorded history through oral traditions and things like that. But we're going to go back to to ancient Greece, Mm -hmm. ancient Egypt, places where there's very clear, pure symbology, but also a lot of gray areas and straddling the line between myth and reality. Yeah. And it and it lends it 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 leads into this idea that if these were real things potentially at one point in time in the ancient past or some version of it, is it tied to the creatures that are people are experiencing today? Very mm-hmm. real phenomena today that has to 
That is happening. Not all of these accounts are fake. Not all of them are misidentifications, very much like Sasquatch and other creatures like that. There is a strange dogman phenomena happening in North America. Yep. We're going to try to draw some lines. Mm-hmm. So that's part two. That's part two. Including, obviously, indigenous lore, the yeah. loop guru, and some very interesting North American uh, ancient phenomena as mm-hmm. well. So that's basically all I have to say about that. Yep. You have anything to say before we finish um, up part one? That was a very succinct job. I don't want to give away too, too much more. Yes. And I'm just stoked on this. I think it's a really fun episode. And we've got, who knows how many parts we got to this one. <laughs> Might end up being a three-parter, honestly, Might folks. end up. We've had a few people reach out to us um, with some, like ancient dog lore and history of the dog even just the idea like we can get into discussing why are we calling it a dogman versus a wolfman like you know what are the right. various um what am i trying to say here the various contrasts that we can draw from and that the folk and distinctions why yeah. exactly yeah exactly and that's yeah again werewolf all these things we're going to get into it so thank you guys so mm-hmm. much for listening to this part one as always uh don't forget to subscribe to the show subscribe yeah. and rate the show if you want to take really a second those five, five stars on apple Podcasts or wherever you guys listen to the show mm-hmm. tell a friend about the show we really appreciate that and uh hop on our website uh, into the portal.com if you haven't been there for a while go check it out oh and the facebook group yeah lots of fun stuff totally. and the strange room the strange our, our room. network room yeah definitely so we've got two different groups on facebook um join both of them we're talking about all kinds of weird strange awesome stuff in there and then straightupstrange.com is of course our network website and that's getting revamped it is. we are doing some fun stuff for the new year slash holiday season so mm-hmm. uh, stay put for that or, yeah. or stay, stay put. put. Don't you move. Don't, don't stay. Move. Don't move. Don't breathe. Don't blink. <laughs> don't do anything. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're excited about that. Um, but it's still up and running. So check it out. Straightupstrange.com. Mm-hmm. And the whole network lineup is on there. Yeah. But that's about it. So as always, thank you guys so much for listening to Into the Portal. Your gateway to the bazaar. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.